What is up, Asymmetry? How y'all doing? You know, as far as the establishment of a bonsai culture, there are fundamental personalities that when you look back at the creation of a bonsai culture, you cannot deny the impact they've had. And one of the giants whose shoulders we stand on in this generation of bonsai has been a huge mentor for me over the course of my bonsai career, dating back to high school, a pivotal influence through college, and a big support since coming back from Japan. And she has probably touched us all in one way or another, whether we realize it or not. We took a trip to Florida to try and sit down with Mary. We weren't able to do so, but one of Mariah's really cherished students and a strong bonsai professional himself, David Cutchins, had sat down with Mary and talked with her about her life and career in bonsai and all of the historical things she's experienced. And David and Mary were both kind enough to share that interview with us. And in turn, we're going to share it with you. Uh, Sit back, relax, and enjoy a really prominent bonsai figure that's had such a positive impact on us. Mary Madison, everybody. All of mine need trimming and uh, weeds pulled out of them. Uh, Some of mine at home look like I hate them. Because I just, it's been so hot. These guys are used to it. <laughs> I literally. They know we hate them. I'm about to bring a lot of them to the nursery and just keep like maybe maybe 30 of my absolute personal, personal. prizes. Uh, because I, I'm working on them all day at the nursery. So when I get home, I'm like, okay, tomorrow. Yeah, you tomorrow. Because I'll, I'll be less tomorrow. exhausted tomorrow. But no, I, I just get exhausted. Yeah. Come home in a puddle. Oh, Dory, be quiet. So tell me, uh, bonsai. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> oh, I'm gone again. I hear it all the time. Oh, bonsai. well, this is, this is, this is family history bonsai. Okay. So, uh, I know the story about when you saw the Buttonwoods the first time, uh, but when when was it that you first saw a bonsai? And, uh, you know, did it hit you at that moment? Did it take a couple times of seeing them or, you know? No, it hit me right from the beginning. Um, the fellow that I was going to marry <laughs> before I met my husband uh, was stuck in Japan. Oh. Uh, he I was, remember you telling yeah, me that. And he would send me pictures and uh, little oh, so your your bonsai experience started with uh, love mail. Uh huh. Ah, <laughs> that's a good one. I didn't get that part of the story, so that's a good one. How do you woo somebody? You send them bonsai pictures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. No flowers, bonsai trees. <laughs> J- just pictures of trees. That's like, cool. <laughs> but uh, he was so impressed with Japan. He was in the occupational force over there the Mm. the first ones that went in right after the war oh okay to establish the groundwork for gotcha for all that kind of stuff that was his problem he didn't get home (laughs) what what year was it that was in 1940 well uh the war was over in 45 so that was 1944 and you, you grew up in the Keys area, didn't you? Uh, Homestead. Homestead, Homestead. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were saying, uh, you know, obviously that part wouldn't be in, what you just said would be in, but 
you know, TJ coming over and tapping on the window <laughs> and you know, skirting around dad and all that stuff. And then finds out later we're engaged and this happens to be the guy you don't like. <laughs> Surprise. Oh boy, was that a shocker. <laughs> I remember that stuff because that was, that's a good story. Oh yeah. The, uh, but when you. It was and, a good party too. Oh, <laughs> well, he got it. He got his girl. <laughs> he said he knew right then he was going to marry me. I said, well, I didn't. Because I was going to marry that one that right. was still in Japan. Get the bonsai guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess with TJ was get with the program of bonsai trees, or uh, or anything she wanted. Right. <laughs> well, a, a happy wife needs a happy life. He did spoil me a bit now and then, oh, a little bit. Sometimes I could kick him in the ass. <laughs> And when you uh, when you saw these trees out the window the first time, when what year was that? When you kind of oh, when that connection of the buttonwood came in? Well, I noticed the trees when I was just a real small third, fourth grade. Oh wow, a real small brat. Brat, <laughs> yeah. And uh, my dad would come to school and uh, get me out of school to drive down with him to Key West. Nice. So, so you started skipping I, school. <laughs> I would quarter. look at that, look at them, and right. think, "Oh, that's a neat looking tree." So it was purely, wow. basically, uh, you fell in love with the tree before a bonsai. Mm-hmm. Always with with uh, plants. Yeah. Uh, was there anything? I mean, I know you collect cypress and stuff, mm-hmm. but was there anything that ever rivaled the buttonwood for you? Like something it was like you felt mm-hmm. conflicted or was it always buttonwood is natural? It was buttonwood. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> now, during the winter, I love cypress. Right. You know, because I love going out there and everything, but I'd still say buttonwood's my favorite. So cypress is more of an affair. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> That's that little one on the side. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and when uh when he first collected them for you because uh, he collected it first right yes um mm-hmm. when when was that oh that was golly that was uh early 60s around 1960 wow and at that time uh was it the miami club that was your first club that you had gone to uh, for bonsai, that was around the same time, right? No, I joined that club uh, around 72. Okay, so you had already had the buttonwoods mm-hmm. for a little Trying while. Trying it myself, gotcha. you know. For and, bonsai or just? Yeah, for okay. bonsai, yeah. Okay, so I, when you I went had, to that first meeting, you basically, you were on the ground I, running. I You showed up out. as the queen. <laughs> <laughs> I flipped out, though. Oh, boy, this is it. This is it. And then... I had a friend that she wanted to go out to California in 74 for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I first met John Naka. In 74. In so 74. literally the very beginning of your everything mm-hmm. as far as learning. And that's actually where I met Joe Samuels. And and he, But he was a Florida resident? Uh-huh. And you and, met and, him in California? And I met him in California. That's we went wild. out and had a drink together. And nice. <laughs> Talk trees. <laughs> what what was he into when you met him? Uh, tropicals, you know. Uh, he he liked cypress. Was he teaching at that time? Mm, 
If he was, it was very little. So your interaction with him was mainly just on like a, hey, we are, we're into the same thing here. Yeah. yeah. This is cool. Let's be friends. <laughs> gotcha. And we stayed friends for all those years. And he'd come out to the house. And actually, uh, TJ and uh, uh, Joe and I would go out in the Everglades sometimes together. Nice. And in fact, I have a picture of TJ and Joe out looking at a tree. That's another good one. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, realistically, TJ is a big part of the story. Oh, yeah. Big part of the story. Because he did all the the hard work of it. I'd pick it out. I'd help, but not much. (laughs) Not as much. You Basically, your your grandson filled that position, Mm -hmm. you know, when TJ didn't collect. Yeah. And you had another guy at one time. Popey. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I remember this guy being described as, a little slow, but very strong. <laughs> very strong, very big, and he w- had arms. I know that long. Wow! Because <laughs> he'd get around a tree or something, but you'd have to tell him everything over right. and over. He was the muscle. He was the muscle, and nothing up here. Gotcha. Did uh, you know when um, when you weren't went to that first convention? Is there anything that stood out to you that you wanted to do in Florida that you saw there or something? First tree that impressed me was John Naka's Goshen. Oh, it was there. It was there. And I thought that was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. So you seen. saw it in its early stages. That was that <laughs> he time. started with five, I think, and right. then added and added to it till he got, what, nine? I think there's it's, nine. It's up to 11 now. Oh, wait, what yeah. is it? I think yeah. it's finalized at 11. Oh, the last two kids, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, I wasn't supposed to have any more. <laughs> Had some more. I've got a real good picture of John and I together. And Ben took the picture. And it was uh, on New Year's, Eve, uh, New Year's Day. And it was, uh, I don't know what year it was. Way back. My hair was still... Uh, wasn't so gray. <laughs> I was, I was going to wait and see where you were going. It was going. dark. I didn't, I, I've always wondered, <laughs> is it blonde? Is it brown? Because Linda, the way Linda describes this is antique blonde. Antique that's what Linda, blonde. she says. I have yeah. antique blonde hair. Well, that's what mine is now. But I was blonde earlier mm. in, when I was young. And then it got sort of a dishwater. That's oh, okay. what they call it. You know, it's, and... Uh, in the picture, my hair looks dark, but it it wasn't really. It's just in that picture, and but uh, it turned. He and I were standing there, and he he had this great big tree, and uh, uh, I'll show it to you. I'll I'll pull out a lot of pictures. Yeah, yeah you have you anything. got time. Uh, my my yeah my deadline for this is I'm giving myself a year to meet with all these people, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and it basically compiled because I can start expanding on that article now, mm-hmm. but I really want to. My task is to get individual stories, mm-hmm. but then uh, take those dates and weave them together. Uh, so, you know, part of it will be, you know, you kind of hearing the different processes, the people coming in and out of Florida, but then there'll be more individualized stories. So, you know, mm-hmm. the artists get their attention, but then. You kind of oh, hear the story yeah. from all them being oh, told. Yeah, so, and where you were and what you were doing at that right. time. Right, so it's like and, Joe Samuels. You meet yeah. him in California, and yeah. he's like, he's from Florida. It's like, and then you have, like, friendship 
on. It's like <laughs> went on till the day he died. Yeah. When did he die? He died about well, we had already moved here uh, about seven years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, I okay. I thought I thought I remembered hearing it since I've come in, so that sounds about right. Yeah. That was I started going to Dave's eight years ago. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that long, but yeah, eight years ago. So when you, uh, so you were impressed by Goshen and you come back to Florida, mm-hmm. was there anybody in Florida that was doing bonsai where you were like, I want to be friends with that person that was like, well, it was stood jo- out to you? It was Joe. So he was kind of the front He runner. was the front runner. Uh-huh. So was Jim Smith very known at that time? No. So it basically goes back to Joe Samuels. Yeah. So it that's goes back to Joe Samuels. So as far as you know, uh, Jim, did he bring in jades or was it Joe? I know Joe was uh, more responsible for willow leaf, correct? The ficus? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Joe didn't like jade plants. Oh, he didn't? No. Okay. He says they're not trees. <laughs> well, they are succulent. So we style them like trees, yeah. but realistically, they're not <laughs> yeah. a tree. But uh, he wasn't crazy about uh, succulents. <laughs> Were you aware of like... I mean, uh, at that time, was BSF around Yes, in the 70s? Mm-hmm. So was there a lot of clubs or was this mainly like a South Florida thing? Uh, South Florida, no. Actually, uh, Gene Smith was up in Pensacola or Fort Walton Beach, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know how we all got together. But Barbara was in on the beginning of it. And um, I know I typed up the first um, rules of oh, the club. The by, like a bylaws? Bylaws. For, yeah. for which club? A BSF. You did? Yeah. See, that's good information. But, <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, they gave me the information. Right. And I just did the typing on it. and, and, and Was that. that like for a position or you guys are just kind of all helping out just where you can? Well, I they of course, they made me um, secretary of the club because I was new and didn't know better. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of people get into leadership and they're not tainted. Let them do it. So I had to get out the newsletter. Right. And we had a newsletter every month. And, and that, that was mid-70s. If you, convention is 74. Yeah. So then when you came back, you're like, I own this, you know. Yeah. Uh, so Joe Samuels, did, did anybody really travel around teaching at that time? Was it just Joe? Did Joe travel around no, in the 70s? No, Or uh, did you guys kind of just hear about one another? And well, then- w- w- Miami Club uh, had started. And at one time, Miami Club was the largest one in the state. Mm-hmm. And other people, I don't really know the first part of when they got the idea. Right, for, of, for a club. Yeah, like Jean Smith. She was the president for several times. She was a forerunner in it. And uh, uh, I know Barbara was. She so so Barbara is from that Miami area, too. Yeah, we lived close together okay. in Miami. And, uh, in fact, uh, I met Barbara at a club meeting. I saw a little ad in the newspaper uh, hmm. about Bonsai Club meeting at the old Postelian High School. Right. I said, you know, I'm going to go to that and just see, you know, 
So <laughs> you had experienced the Miami Club after going to California. No, I don't think so. Or those were kind of like about a year apart or so. Yeah, I guess they they were close. Okay. Yeah. There was there did outside the club. Was there anywhere that you got material? Like, was there any? You know, it's like now you drive around. It's like there's Kanzai, Bonsai, Bookai, whatever you want to call it, everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, even at garden centers. But at that time. Did you ever stumble upon a nursery that's just like, we sell bonsai stuff? or So it literally, no. what you got, it came in a book <laughs> format or someone showed up and that was it. <laughs> that was it. And one of the first people I remember coming down uh, beside uh, John Naka uh, was uh, Bill Valvanis. Really? He was just a boy. I mean, a young man. That, that was in the 70s too or yeah. later on? Seventies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you had already had Naka at that point. You don't remember maybe when you remember Naka's first time coming. That was um, after California, right? I, that that part is a little fuzzy. Okay. I'd have to check with Barbara on that, but we met at the. Uh, uh, it's there on Feigler Street at a museum-like place, not the one that's now. Right. It, and uh, I think I that's when I brought in the um, cypress. Oh, okay. I know that's when I brought in my oh, cypress. Oh, that's when Naka saw it and was like, yeah. holy cow. Yeah. After you had, so basically <laughs> you went over there, fell uh-huh. in love with this stuff, and then you came over here and fell in love with your stuff. <laughs> That had to be one hell of a compliment for you at that it time. It was. And especially when he started teaching here, he'd ask me all the questions about how to raise it oh, so, and stuff like that. So John Naka came to Florida, learned the species, and then acted upon That's that right. information. And, and also, that is bass backwards of what happens now. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. And have, have all you, the time, he, he was always asking questions, you know, always asking questions. And uh, it's funny. He said, you know, he told me one time, he says, you know, he says, I tell you something one time and you know it. I tell these other people over and over and over. They don't know it. (laughs) So that was a good compliment. That's definitely the perils of teaching. How about this? What is your absolute hands down favorite experience that in bonsai for you that what you would feel kind of inspired you to want to, you know, do more because you're you're known as the queen (laughs) and obviously you don't get to be the queen without, you know, uh, earning that. So, you know, it was that trip to California, that first one, that was the one that was just set the tone for you. That did it. And uh, then I went out there every year for the next 30 years. I only just, uh, Oh, I don't know. Five years ago. Every single year. And I'd usually go to two of them out there every year. Huh. Did you ever enter a tree? When you Did you ever bring a tree or anything? I uh, They hired me one time to do a, a program. You brought buttonwoods? Uh, no. They wanted cypress. Ah, of course they did. <laughs> and cypress naturally grow there, but it's just like, yeah. it, they naturally grow there, but obviously they look nothing like yeah. ours. And uh, the, so I, I shipped out a great big lotus cypress trees. Wow. When was your first time 
uh, teaching? Uh, oh, like how long did it take from the time? It's like, I love this to, all well, right, I'm going to tell people. I was shy. You? I was shy. <laughs> believe it or not. Once I wore it off. <laughs> that, that took care of it. And uh, I wouldn't even get up in front of the club. Really? Cl- my own club. Uh, nope. So what uh-uh. changed that for you? Well, in uh, 86, they invited me to do a program at an international show in Washington, D.C. Big show. <laughs> so I said yes, and then I thought I'd die, you know. Just doing it. Just being doing nervous. it. Did you do it on a buttonwood or what they provided you? I did a buttonwood. Nice. Yeah. One that you collected? Uh-huh. Nice. I did it, and the minute I started talking, I all left. The uh, scaredness left me, and I just like we're talking. Passion took over. It just took over. Now, off I went. <laughs> you have a, speaking of the arboretum. You have a tree there. Mm-hmm. Uh, did going there? Did that make you want to donate a tree? How did that happen? Well, they contacted me. Oh, and they wanted a buttonwood, and they sent a delegate down. And I told them to pick out the one they wanted, and they did. And it, it's uh, and this is one I dug myself. Pick, picked out a styled one. Yes, every, every, I'd already okay. styled it. Yeah, and potted and you know everything. And I dug that one myself. TJ was tired and wouldn't dig any more for me that day, <laughs> so I said I've got to have that tree. So I unscrewed it. That's that one that came out with that long root that went like this all the huh. way down. <laughs> And so I just cut that root off, and uh, they uh, they it was just three men came down, and they picked out the that tree. They wanted that one, I, so I said yes. I donated, right? And that's how it got up there. It's still there. Oh yeah, it's it's very very popular. Eighty six, you went to the National Arboretum, but what year did the tree get there? Uh. It got there at the opening. Oh, when they opened the pavilions? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even know. So it was, uh, so they were acquiring trees to begin this museum yes. at that point. Mm-hmm. I was looking through a, a magazine one time, a bonsai magazine, and I didn't even, they didn't tell me, but they showed my tree at Blair House when the Japanese group was there. Wow. And so I was pleased with that. Uh, well, <laughs> well, at the uh, at the opening, they uh we saw Kissinger was there. Oh, really? And uh, Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Wow. And, he, and his wife and I didn't know a lot of these people. The well, Department of Agriculture, the Were you world. the only Florida person? Hmm? Were you the only Florida? No. Uh I was there, and when they gave us a, a big party too, and we met a lot of the uh, Japanese delegates mm-hmm. that had come over. And uh, no, let's see who all was there. Oh, I was sitting with Joe Samuels. Oh, okay, <laughs> so he was there. So I know he was there. Let's see. Just like Florida people that Flor- would. Yeah. They're, Several, but uh, I don't remember now just who. So probably not necessarily artists, more or less just members. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it was so impressive. I imagine seeing that the for opening, the first time. Yeah. 
They had a color guard come in and the band, the uh, military band, marched in at the the opening and everything. I mean, it was a terrific thing. And there was just the two pavilions at that time, right? Was there any books that were like worth, you know, like did did you see a publication that was like you got some information from or are you literally trial and error? Trial and error. And John Naka, he come, what, every year? Yes, he started. Yeah. He'd come every year. Did he have his hot spots that he's like, I'm go this person, like uh-huh. this person, like that person? Some people he wouldn't stay with. Really? Mm-hmm. So he was very selective. In- very selective. <laughs> and because see, you hear about John being like, he's friends with everybody or whatever, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like everybody has a personality. Yeah. And not all personalities get along. So surely he didn't stay everywhere. So that makes sense. No, in fact, uh, uh, most of the time he'd stay at a hotel. Yeah. But what? he and TJ liked to drink together. Oh. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any kind of like a single piece of advice that he ever gave you that uh, you felt made you a better artist? Since he was like basically primary influence. Yeah. Oh, he was a big influence. Uh, like, a, you know, something that you feel like he told people that they overlooked that was like a valuable lesson, you know. He must have because he was always giving you little bits. Uh, yes, one thing, and I was putting together, this is another group planning, but it was uh, Musita Spinoza mm-hmm. that I collected in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. And... Uh, same thing, putting it on a big rock, you know, and all. And I said to him, well, our main tree, I said, I, I, I can see that there, there's a, a wrong branch going out. I said, should I take it off? And he said, stop and think. In the overall look of it, would it look better with it or without it? And he says, as long as you know it's a mistake, it's Okay. He said, but if you went ahead and did it and left that branch on and, and th- thought it was just right, he says, then that's bad. <laughs> okay. So the contradiction made it real for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because that's what you're going to find in a regular tree. So, yeah. you know, it's very, the 70s, it's very one, two, three, four branch structure. But, I know. That but when it sweet. came down to... Does it look better with it or without? That's a broad training thing. Like, a, you know, and that was, I think, the point when you read his books is mm-hmm. uh, he wrote them more as guidelines, not law. No, it's just guidelines. So, you know, and like, yeah. you know, hearing that from someone who trained under him, not in the 80s and 90s, but when John was still yeah. basically cutting his teeth, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there's that forethought in you know, how I'm going to approach this and am I going to make it fully artificial or am I going to try mm-hmm. and preserve some of it? You know, and especially if you're talking buttonwood, that's the big debate now. It's like, <laughs> yeah. How natural is natural and how real yeah. is real? You know, it's like, it makes it very difficult to, yeah. to pin but the, it. That, uh, that always stuck in my mind, what he said you, then. Do you feel like that's uh, liberated you when you de- design stuff, mm-hmm. you know, not, I guess you could consider it. He's basically telling you not to overthink it. Uh-huh. Don't overdo it. Don't overthink right. it or just, right. or, oh, I need to say, don't make it too perfect. Right. Cause then it looks artificial. He said, maybe bring one branch out a little bit longer than it should be. Right. <laughs> you know, he'd give me little tips like that. Do you feel like, um, 
uh, this is more of an opinionated question, but mm-hmm. do you feel like, uh, do you feel proud of what people do with buttonwood? Not, not just for yeah. Florida, but, uh, you know, if you could say something to a budding artist, as far as like similar to what, you know, you experienced with John, mm-hmm. like, what would you tell them about that species? That's, you know, if I can only tell you one thing, you know, that's important about this, you know, what would you tell them? Well, I keep an open mind and uh, the tree will tell you. I like that. Just like that. <laughs> that work, you know, you can go buy this, you know, culturally uh, popular brand of jeans, but maybe your ass doesn't look so good in them. <laughs> you know, yeah. you bought a stylish pair of jeans, but that does not give you style. That's that is right. what you put on. Yeah. And then I tell them like, well, if you evolve that a little bit, you know, if you think of wiring and walking, how you walk mm-hmm. gives that style. Mm-hmm. It's not just putting it on. It's yeah. it's the way it behaves. Because you can see some of these right. people in jeans. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's the same thing with a tree. It's like, you know, yeah. if they try and force that style of what yeah. they think is, you know, more and, or less and pleasing button roads to other don't people. Go with- right. Button roads are like, screw you, I'm going home. You It'll know. go this way and that way and this way and that way and down right. this way. <laughs> and and you you know, it's uh you see even people like you know, it's something I've kind of battled with because it's like, I think like in the big one, mm-hmm. the big one is what's really made me think about this stuff. Cause it's like, okay, uh, I can keep this very natural, but in the sense of identifiable technique, I have to somewhat conform mm-hmm. it. And I think, well, then I don't want to lose the character of the tree. Yeah. But then I think like, well, what freaking juniper looks natural? Yeah. Most of their <laughs> branches are like this. Yeah. You know, so it's like twirled around and (laughs) that little bit of balance, you know, like you're describing with John is like, it's, it's, you know, letting go of some stuff and then bringing in other things to, Mm -hmm. to balance it, but not forcefully this way or forcefully that way. Mm -mm. Um, uh, as far as, um, was there, were there conventions in Florida at that time with BSF or was it still kind of just an umbrella kind of thing? Uh, we uh, were going to have our first convention, and it was uh, around 1976. Mm-hmm. Well, it was soon after I was out in California. Right, so you probably came over here disappointed. <laughs> like, you guys <laughs> oh, need to get on the California train. <laughs> you should have seen our first convention. <laughs> it was a hodgepodge. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Was it? Oh, we had a ball. Well, yeah, because there was nothing to compare it to. So yeah. it's kind of like everything's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'll find that old book. It, it was 75, 1975, because that was 74 and the next year. So that's the reason we were going out there was to get ideas about how they handled theirs. Right. You know, and we were going to do good. Well, it was a fun the convention, but the trees are not so good. Well, they were probably definitely in infant stages. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Did uh, was there anybody say uh, this is something I've heard from like Mary Miller or uh, I think I heard it at Ed Trout at a convention? But so when you started, was there like a, a young person or someone that you interacted with that you kind of kept up through the years? It's just like a. Is there someone that sticks out to you that you inspired directly that you know of that's like, 
Yeah, they got, I guess they, they attribute what they <laughs> fell in love with to you, kind of like you yeah. attribute that to John, John. you know, because yeah. we all have our all-stars. Yes. Oh, golly, I can't think of anybody right now. I didn't know if there was like, yeah. uh, you know, and it doesn't have to be somebody that's known. I think when Mary Miller had described one one time, she was saying that um, uh, a father and son that used to come and volunteer to nursery, you know, the boy was small or something like that, but he comes to a convention uh, decades later and he sees her and he said, uh, I, you know, I don't do this for a living, but he mm-hmm. said, I do this for a hobby. And it was because my dad made me go with him to volunteer. At oh. nursery. And he said, that was the first time I saw it. And he said, I've always kept up with it, you know, and it's, you know, so yeah. I know there that, per, you yeah. know, there's someone there. You've had a lot someone of students. There, but like, I didn't know if there was one that was like, you know, I'm so proud I was able to be a part yeah. of their journey kind of thing. Because sometimes you never find out about it. You know, it took Mary yeah. Miller 35 to years. To find out. You know, yeah. so it's not always an instant thing. But. Well, Mike Labanik was one of my, he contacted me when he first got into it and wanted to know if I'd give him lessons. So uh, he'd come out on weekends and uh, I got him started right on working on a tree, mm-hmm. not sifting soil or right. doing not any of those things like that, you know. And uh, he, uh, I know, was awfully interested in it. Right. And um, everything. So... Going into uh, like your actual uh, trees, when when was the first time you were recognized for your work? Not necessarily mm. an award, but when was it that someone said you're the queen? <laughs> well, Ben Oki hung that name. That's on where me. that comes from, because uh-huh. you know names have places. So, <laughs> and you know Ben Oki being uh, John Naka's student. So basically, were they traveling at the same time to Florida? Yes. So John Naka was like, Mary, you need to get up with Mary, (laughs) basically. Yeah. And that's kind of how that friendship started. Yeah. And uh, so um, what was that? What did I ask right before that? Uh, Oh, so Ben Oki gives you that name. Do you remember when that was? Oh, it was way back. It was... Like, how long has the queen been the queen? <laughs> he started that first time he ever said it was out in California. Oh, okay. So it didn't even originate here. Huh. Your reputation, <laughs> it traveled before you. Yeah, we were all out there, and, uh, and he introduced me, and um, he says, she's the queen of Buttonwood. And then he said a real nice compliment, but I, I think I'm bragging, but... He says, best woman in the United States, but he'd been drinking. Well, <laughs> but they're, they're, to be fair, there's still not a lot of ladies, Very even few, today. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Kathy Shaner. That's not being ego at all. That's, that's the truth, you know. But, uh, and the name stuck after that. Everyone laughs, says, oh, here comes Queenie. Right. Uh, oh. oh, so, so, it, so it, it started as a poking fun at you and developed into a uh, status. You know, so it started as Sorry. a nickname and became a legend. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but Ben started it. Uh, were you guys close when he came here? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He stayed with you guys oh, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when uh, when they would come, would you provide them with trees to work on, 
or did uh, did they always kind of take note from you on what they're doing or you know basically um, were you guys did you guys see each other more or less as uh, just friends or colleagues uh, both both we were very good friends so you could literally be like I think your tree sucks and no one would get offended no that they wouldn't at all could do that now <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do that now and uh, I don't know we we just uh, hit it off real good. Yeah. Uh, as friends and colleagues, you know, just. So to backtrack a little, tell me about the kids. When did Terry start becoming your right hand? Well, Cause everybody when... has seen Terry. <laughs> Not everybody has spoke to Terry, but everybody, if they've seen you, they've seen Terry. Uh-huh. But you know, so, uh, you know, a lot of people want to know is like, well, does she have this family who just rallies behind her? Like we're on the boneside train or, you know, was it more like I'm dragging you along for this? Needed her as a helper after TJ passed away. Okay. When did TJ pass? In 2004. Oh, so relative time. Mm-hmm. Not that, not that long ago. Mm-mm. So Terry basically was, yeah, she, she had, she to was around it all her life. Right. Did and she ever, just out of curiosity, did Terry ever have a tree? She's like, that's my tree. No. No? She no. just likes watching you do it. Yeah. What about Melinda? Because a lot yeah, of people now, don't know does. you have two dogs. Yeah. And one uh, is always with you, and the uh-huh. other is a uh, all over the place. <laughs> Everywhere. But does fine art. I mean, you uh-huh. can easily say her work is fine art. Oh, yeah. Melinda loves it. So did did um, did Melinda pick up her artistic sense from mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did she ever have like an interest in the trees or was it inspiring? Uh, way back, to her? she d- didn't show much interest in them, but uh, she does now. Oh, yeah, because they yeah. need to go hunting. She's <laughs> <laughs> cruising on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she loves to go out and look yeah. for trees now. So does Bill. Yeah, Bill, Bill's her husband. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and then your grandson. Mm hmm. He's the muscle. Grabbing he's some the muscle stuff man, up. and he's got a good eye for it. He does. He has an artistic eye. So, would you say in the long term this is family business, or would you say I'd uh, say family? Yeah, yeah. Because Terry and I, we we split everything half down the middle. Oh, okay. Because I need her. She knows the routine. Right. Of when we go, when right. to pick me up. Make sure I got my camera. <laughs> Always <laughs> so take a camera. So I can tell people I'm just taking photos. <laughs> Snapping pictures. <laughs> That's what uh, John Naka did that one time. We got these people asked us what we were doing out there. And oh, so Naka, so Naka was one of the ghost collect. I know, I know, Ryan's gone with you, mm-hmm. and a few other people have gone. So um, to go into that story, uh, because I've seen the button words where they come from. Yeah, you, you know? know where they are. So, but when you're looking out there, it's like I don't see Jack. Yeah, you know, and then you get you close, to, and it's like then oh, you start oh, looking wow. at the bottom of them. And so then, when yeah. you took when you take people, not necessarily John or anybody, but mm-hmm. when you take people out there and you're like, here they are, what are their reactions? Well, like, find me a good one. Like where are they? I don't yeah, see anything. I know they just look like a bunch of trees, right? You know, they have no idea. And that's the, that's the funny thing. And this kind of this next question will be something that'd be more relatable to the tree part of it, but. Um, how do you think the Buttonwoods impact the Keys as far as coastal zones and, you know, what's what do you think their environmental 
impact there is. I mean, it's like well, sea oats hold sand dunes together. They hold, you know. hold the beaches together along with the, well, first you have the mangroves mm-hmm. and then the buttonwoods grow on higher land. Right. Uh, and they help hold it together. And they'll grow on limestone and sand and uh, basically brackish water. water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not pure salt. Not pure salt. As long as they have a little fresh water, they basically survive. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they look after a hurricane? How does Terrible. that? Like, <laughs> but does it does it remove them? Do they literally? Because you know everybody always says, and it's it's a pretty easy assumption. These well, curves are hurricane it, and storm created. Mm-hmm. So um, it knocks them over, and then they start a new uh, growth. And a lot of times that's where you get your dead wood is roots. Right. You know. So those are more roots than branches a lot of times. A lot of times it is. So basically that would explain. So you could say almost 50% of the where their nature is because of storms breaking branches. And the other half mm-hmm. is literally those roots crawling around rocks and then becoming exposed. Uh-huh. And then you get your, a lot of your dead wood from... The, like when it's putting out new growth and that sun is beating on it, right? It kills off. You'll see it like a field, uh, and every one of the trees has the dead wood on the same side. Like ultraviolet rays mm-hmm. prune the trees as well. Mm-hmm. It's you know uh, in the article before I talked about like the trees in North Florida. It's like when you're in the the Gulf, the North Gulf area, all the trees do this when they come off, but mm-hmm. it's a salt spray prunes the seaward buds away Mm -hmm. so they're not necessarily that way because of high winds they're that way because the fog bringing the salt (laughs) and trimming the buds Uh so it's like yeah it's everybody assumes when they look at a buttonwood is like oh these were all branches all all hurricane right so but it isn't it's it's right down to the ecology of like this is this is roots this is exposure so would you say for someone who is interested in buying a buttonwood, depending on where they live, that's something they should be concerned with is yes. UV pruning, mm-hmm. even in a pot. Mm-hmm. So from the care perspective of them as a bonsai, uh, someone can give them enough soil, enough water, but if they put them in scorching sun, tropical or not, Key West or not, it, it can, can hurt change. Them. It can change them. <laughs> so... Yeah, when it comes to uh, your the actual species and like you collecting them and stuff like that, um, what have you found to be the most successful thing that you do versus what you've seen other people do? You know, because it's kind of like you know someone can buy a tree from you, they can see all these trees out there, and they could be your next door neighbor and kill it. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> you know, from your experience, what do you feel like? could be done better with the trees. You think they've be, I know when it comes to potting them, people go too bonsai Mm -hmm. and they take too much moisture away and things like that. But, you know, from just like a general perspective, what does your experience tell you when you, you know, you collect them, you put them in water, you let them build some kind of roots and then you pot them. Uh, Not all the time. Sometimes I'll, uh, I have potted them right from collecting. Yeah. When I know, it's all, I want so it's a all about how many roots, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And just keep them wet. So, um, I'm trying to think, because I want to have plenty about you, not just the trees. You know, the queen thing. I, did, I didn't know that that started as poking fun at you. 
you know, I always wonder, like, who gave her that name? You ben. Because I know that you didn't call yourself that. No, no, no. So that's that's good to know. Um, since you're right here and out, uh-huh. what's your favorite story about your mom? Oh, God. Oh, my. Hit in the butt. <laughs> I was, that's what I was thinking. Sliding out and falling on her ass. Well, I mean, like if you if you could tell people in bonsai like a, a story about your mom that would like you know just speak for what she's done and who she is, like what would you tell them? Oh, that I am very proud of her, and she's been such a role model for a lot of people. Right. Um, I'm lucky. What have you personally, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, especially since you've been with her for so long, you know, taking place <laughs> of dad, you know, yeah. uh, what's one thing that you kind of just watched her and thought like, you know, that's what sets her apart from any artist that I've seen. Oh my God. It's hard to narrow down. But. Her, her, let's go dig just one more tree. Just one more. So she's a workaholic. <laughs> I don't know when to quit. <laughs> if I ever hear her say one, just one more, and then we'll leave. Just one more tree. Because <laughs> it's it's there's never just one more. What's the most you've take collected in a day? Oh my god! What's a good good day? For... A real good day. Yeah. What's a good good day? About forty. That's well, pretty now, good. But when we were getting cypress. We used to spend six, eight hours out there and come home with 80 to 100. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they were just hanging out of the van. Have you seen in the, uh, since like Buttonwood and Cypress have gotten more popular for collecting, have you seen certain areas disappear? No, not no. really. So a lot of people still haven't caught on to where to, to where we go. Uh-uh. That's good. They wouldn't go where and we go. There ain't no locations going in this book either. So because no. that's why we didn't in the article. I had a picture for everything I described, every paragraph, but we decided not to publish them because I was afraid I'd someone would see a, a landmark or something, yeah. and then mm-hmm. they would be like, "I know where they went." Yeah. So I didn't want to publish it. So uh, this won't have that either. <laughs> I, that's the thing that I, it, it freaks me out, it, you know, because there's not a lot of good information on Buttonwood yeah. unless you go to someone who's dealt with it hands-on. So I'm afraid that if I say too much about it, yeah. that I'll it's give it away. Make them all. Yeah. So I have to walk down. a line there as far as, yeah. you know, and the UV well, thing, that's, that's almost a deterrent for some people. Yeah. You know, oh, so that's a good thing to I know. I tell you, it is so horrible out there. The heat will just, I've been, I, I've gotten the chills. Mm-hmm. Chris almost dries up almost every time we go. Wow. Yeah, from the heat. They'll just start and, and. It's not good for you. No. Right. Oh, I imagine <laughs> not. You can't just drink the water underneath you. <laughs> I am the one that said a three-hour limit, no more. I said, if you don't call me within three hours, I will be there in three hours right. to pick you up. Because I drop them off. I, I was going to say. I don't do it. Do you just 
walk in somewhere and hope to find something or do you kind of have like once well, saw this years no, ago i've got a good idea where okay. i'm going <laughs> so that's, that's what i do i read a topographic map and i'm yeah. like i got land depressions here i got i know i'm gonna find it here not find it there well and uh tj and i used to scout you scout around yeah. and when you find a good area then you, my god they're, they're just just uh, you know, a lot of them. <laughs> you feel like, I mean, it's an obvious yes to the question, but do you feel like uh, over time the development down there has just really hurt the species? I think it has. Like, tremendously? Yeah. Like, basically, do you see an yeah. expiration date on Buttonwoods being oh, in the Keys? Well, they, they go through every time they widen the road and take out hundreds of them. Right. Alongside the road, you know, all the way down. But, uh, so much of the property down there is government property and protected. Right. So there's really not but anybody. We don't go there. People care about all of it, and they'll be the first ones to turn you in if they think you're doing something wrong. But then again, when Melinda and Bill wanted to put the dock in, mm-hmm. it, now you're not supposed to dig them. You know, uh, especially right at the water line, because that's holding everything in. Beach erosion. If they paid so much, then they could then they could uh, uh, dig them up. So there is not. So they're basically uh, the species is not illegal to collect by law standards, but it's kind of like a CO. It's It's where it's it's land impact, and that's the same thing with the cypress. Not illegal to collect the cypress. But when it comes out of the water, it's dredging. That's, I worry yeah. about, you know, it's like in 40 years, are there going to be any of that? Are they going to be there? Like, because they're only going to get more popular. Uh, well, now they they spread like crazy. So they will, you know, because I know. They, so they'll, they'll seed easily. Easily. And not only that, but where they lay down on the ground, they keep making new plants. Gotcha. They'll root here, then they'll go, yeah, and they and root here. And then you can just cut it. You can cut one piece mm-hmm. out that you want, and the rest just keeps right on growing. How do you determine how old it is? How do you, you know... Well, that's uh, more yeah, or less that's... a guess. Would you say, yeah. say that's something that you've been able to understand by seeing them over the decades and how they're growing? So basically, Very slow down very there. Slow. So very slow. You know their branches are. If they're real, you know, flimsy, they're young. Right. If it's woody, it could be anywhere from 20 to 500 years old. Right. Yeah. Uh, just depends on where it's yeah. growing. So say like, so it is very dependent. So it w- well, I guess it would be dependent. Oh yeah, because you, pot, you can rapidly grow them. Yeah, uh, in uh, like uh, at some of the uh, golf courses, there were buttonwoods. Yeah, I saw like the yeah. full size trees, yeah. and in the they're case. huge. Right, but see, they had the good soil. Right. And they didn't have all that rock. So it's basically starvation uh-huh. that causes them to do that. So the one that I have, the the backbreaker. That's a old tree. What would you say one? Because that one is more or less a tree. Yeah. Not like a... A stump or yeah, a It's not a, what someone would look at as like, <laughs> I can both size that. Most of them would be like, too big, keep going. <laughs> oh, that is, that's up there. And it came from a rocky. I could go right to the spot where we found it. Because it's 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 gonna go rocky, uh, rocky. It's got a few years before I'll put it in a show, but I want it to be like you know as accurate as I can. Yeah. Well, as far as the information, I I would say because it's 
350, you know, that, something like that. It's way up there in age. Because when you see them in a pot, man, they, yeah. they, you, they grow like fast as like a Brazilian rain tree. Yeah. But then when you have them out there, it's like when someone looks at it, they're like 400? Like what? Yeah. And it's like, well, that wood doesn't petrify overnight. <laughs> you know, Hard as a rock. And it too. doesn't seem like there's anything that really destroys it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Look what my shoe did. I was hitting it here. That's, at least it's not dog uh, duty. No, it's it's <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Walking inside on with these shoes. You said uh, about going to the Bahamas. Uh, is is that where you would say like the Bucetas came from in Florida originally? Was from the Bahamas? Because mm-hmm. I, I never that that species never really been on my radar. I've never really thought about where it comes it, from. It didn't come from here. Right. I have never seen one. So a lot of people ever. were collecting them in the Bahamas before. Uh-huh. Or Cuba. Or Cuba. Uh-huh. Okay. When they first came in, was that, uh, did you see those in the 70s and 80s or was that something that came later? That came later. Because there's, there's a few really big established ones in Florida, but they ain't very many. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, and I know from being at the nursery, they don't propagate easily. No, Sometimes oh no. it takes a year <laughs> to get air layer roots. Yeah. But we can put a pan under them and, and root them as, from seed, and mm-hmm. they, they do much faster. They so do faster. I've that always, way. you know, I've always thought like, you know, that thing, they grow fast, but they grow slow. Like, um, like the one I have. That's here, a monster. That's a monster. And I'm going to take it out uh, uh, probably this year. I'd like to and put it into a regular, different pot. Mm-hmm. That was just the first potting. Probably that it would fit in. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> because it was in a 150-gallon container. Mm-hmm. And I had to cut a lot of roots off, took a chainsaw, cut, just sliced it off the bottom. It never, never dropped a leaf, just kept right on growing. What was so. your, what was your favorite tree through the years? The one that you feel like you personally did your best? You know, everybody has it, you know, I've heard, was it a dragon? I've heard yeah. of a lot of different trees, yeah. but. Senru. Senru? Yeah. That was the one, is that one alive or no? Yeah, yeah, it it's is? alive. Where is that one at? It's uh, over at Chris's right now. Oh, you still own it? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, eventually <laughs> I need to take pictures of that one then. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that one was like your favorite. Was it Deadwood or was it just? It was the shape of it and with the Deadwood and holding onto a rock on mm-hmm. one side. and It was just perfect. Is that the one you feel like... Uh... So that was the one that's kind of like your favorite tree, but which, which is that also the same one that you could say like, you know, I outdid myself on that one, you know, kind of like, uh, <laughs> you're, you're most proud of, you know, like as far as from you being an artist and, you know, every, we all have one that we're like, man, I did really good on that. I don't want to yeah. tell everybody that, but I feel well, pretty proud. I tell you, uh, that Bucita Spinosa I sold to, uh, Harold Beck out in Texas uh, I was real proud of that one. Yeah. Terry and I dug it. Yeah. So it wasn't a buttonwood. It was a busita. Mm-hmm. That was, you felt like your skills were the most. Yeah, it took more skill to Yeah. To get it in the condition it was in. And see, I guarantee everybody would immediately think it was a buttonwood. Yeah. And it was a busita. Mm-hmm. 
I had to work harder on it. That's a nugget of gold right there. <laughs> it was a lot harder to figure out uh, which way to go. Uh, well, the second, uh, well, it's about tied with that one out there with all the deadwood in the front. Oh, the, the one that Dan worked on? No. No, the one next to it. The one next to it that has a big, a whole bunch of, I'll show you when we go out. Okay. Uh, That one, I owned that tree for about uh, seven or eight years before I made up my mind what to do with it. Hmm. And it came to me at night. I woke up in the middle of the night and I said, why didn't I think of that before? Well, all that mass of roots in the front uh, I mean, uh, Deadwood in the front were the roots. And a, and a hurricane did knock it over. Oh, okay. And the roots were sticking up. And I told TJ I wanted that tree. And he said, well, what, what would you do with it? It's all dead over here and all this. I said, I, I don't know yet, but I know I want it. Right. So I grew it and grew it. And the a side branch became the main trunk. Mm-hmm. And then all that root part uh, was in the front. Nice. Is there... Uh, that, that one, I think, took the longest. Yeah, mm-hmm. to figure out. Mm-hmm. Was there... Uh, is there something that... Uh, like, if you could go back, is there something you would have done differently? Or something you wish you would have done? To that tree? No, just in bonsai. Oh, in bonsai? Yeah, like... Uh, yes. Uh, not to have been so shy in the beginning. Yeah. I was terribly shy. <laughs> in, in retrospect, though, do you feel like that made you more humble going forward because you didn't dive in head first? I, I think so because I always figured, well, <clears throat> what, what do I know? You know, right? I, that, that's uh, when a bunch of us were at John Naka's place. Uh, the tour, I was, went uh, out on the tour bus with the uh, other people from the convention. Mm-hmm. And someone mentioned, oh, don't you ever, you know, lose a tree? All your trees are alive. I don't see anything dead. He says, well, I hide them. (laughs) He says, I don't leave them out there. He says, see that big pile out there? Those are all my dead trees. He says, oh, he says, I've killed many. He says, the person that says they haven't killed a tree, he says, they don't have many trees, first of all. And second of all, they're lying. <laughs> right. What's the most painful one you had that died? Uh, recently. Oh, really? <laughs> I killed. I killed my little Nia tree. Oh, you did. You know how? I know exactly which Nia you're talking about, too. That real pretty. Yeah. Three trunk. Perfect shape. And I'd had it for years and years and years and years, and. I uh, went out and I thought, well, it needs a little water. And I turned the pump on, not thinking about how hot that water was in the hose. And I watered it with hot water and it killed it. Wow. And that's something that uh, it's very easy to do. I I catch myself sometimes. I'll put my hand out. And if you catch it right away, that water is scalding hot. Hot. And uh, yeah. after I realized it, I thought, I know, I know. 
It's gone. And it's gone. Mm. I still have it sitting out there. It's on the we floor right now. That. Unfortunately, it's too it's small. Just... I can't make a frame out of that one. <laughs> I try to bring it back. Yeah. Does, um, you know, is there, like, who would you describe as, like, your kind of core group of friends through the years that y'all have always kind of, you kind of started together in the 70s and you still stick together now and... Like, who would be your kind of core group of people that if you were to say, oh, if you really like me, you'll really like my buddy here. You know, who would that be Ed for Trout. you? Ed Trout. <laughs> Barbara. Ed Trout. Oh, there's quite a few. Yeah, there's quite a few, but. Alan Kiefer. Yeah, Alan. Um, uh, Mike Sullivan. Charles. Charles, yeah. The, and we all we were all in the study group at one time mm -hmm. and I don't know. It was just way back. Right. Old friends. What's some of y'all's favorite <laughs> stories you stories. talk about? Or, you know, it's kind of like you were being <laughs> aggravated about being the queen. Like, what do y'all aggravate each other about? You know? <laughs> oh, the, oh, they, they were always picking oh, each know. other's trees apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But always friendly. Friendly. Yeah. I'd take that branch off. No, I won't touch that branch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just regular things like that. Who uh, who do you feel like out of your circle? Um, who do you feel like, um, I don't know, who you kind of look up to just as a friend? You know, because I have friends I look up to. Yeah. You know, but, you know, which which one do you, like, if you could say just from a professional standpoint, like, I've always admired this person. Ed Trout. He's a, he's a gentleman. So it's not, so I like how you said that. You yeah. you didn't say, I like his trees. You you immediately commented on his character. Yeah. And you But he's like, excellent at trees, too. Right, right. But it's. <laughs> but that's secondary to his uh, thoughtfulness. Right. Does he, do you have a favorite tree of his that you like? No. You just like them all? I, I like, I like his work. What is it about him as a teacher that you like? Uh, patience. Patience. That's a good one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Ed Trout. Oh, gosh. It's like some people might say, oh, I love their wiring or, man, I, man, I just, he their book knowledge. Teach. I've never seen him upset, mad. Monster. I'd hate to one see One time, him. <laughs> I think you said you saw him get angry. Mm -hmm. But usually, I mean, he's just a terrific person. Where Joe was always angry. Yeah. It Joe was. Samuels. Yeah. Always angry? Angry always about angry. what? Everything. 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 <laughs> so he was People more of a... In general. He was a modern artist. <laughs> he was a grumpy old man. Ah. So... It, Talented, but grumpy. So from a grumpy perspective, what took that frown off his face? You know, is there... A some, bottle of scotch. bottle of scotch. Yeah. So... <laughs> The and laughing and the cutting up, it, it allows yeah. me to kind of make it more personal rather than just like boring information, yeah. you know. Uh, and such and such a day. I gotta, uh, I'll go through all those little pictures, but I tell you, it's a riot to see Joe Samuels in his uh, polyester pants. Yeah. Plaid. Golfing pants. <laughs> yeah. Golfing pants. <laughs> and, and that... The cloud is what he uh, they call that tree. 
it was only about this big around, and we thought it was the greatest thing that there ever was. That hike. I, I, I sort of asked you this already, kind of, sort of, but um, just, I don't know if this is something I'd write down because this would be mm-hmm. totally opinionated, but uh, who do you feel like is the, and I'm not talking about relative time of like now, but, <laughs> you know, going through time, who do you feel like is the best artist to come out of Florida? I know you said your favorite person was Ed or whatever, but if you thought of Joe from, Samuels from skill alone, Joe Samuels. Yeah. Because, you know... He was an artist also. Right. And uh, he learned from um, this guy that had uh, infantile paralysis and it was in a wheelchair. He was completely um, uh, paralyzed. That's who he learned from? Yes. Wow. And uh, this uh, guy, uh, it was uh, Gary Wilkins' father, and he'd say he could talk. So he'd say, take your right take, hand yeah. and go to this branch. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, but he, he'd have to be like that and huh. tell him. He'd say, all right, now cut cut the top down a little bit and all this. And uh, that's who Joe learned from. Wow. Oh. I would have never thought that he was taught. And his name isn't really Joe Samuels. It's not. It's Giuseppe De uh, Samuel. Good to know. Good to know. Does does his family have anything to do with bonsai, or did it no. go with him? No, he was raised he most of the time. Yeah. Okay, so he was a one man act. Yeah. His he worked mo- with the park, uh, Miami Beach Parks and Recreation. He was the top man top over there. Yeah. I literally have never heard that. Uh, I've never heard of anybody being taught by someone who was paralyzed, mm-hmm. but I especially never heard it in, in it, you know. That's who he learned from. And I've heard people talk about Joe Samuels a lot. And I, yeah. That's, and from being an artist. Right. He, so he, he did other art. Oh, paintings. Oh, okay. So in, in some people like, you know, graphic design, they seem to really like bonsai, just mm-hmm. the different careers and things. Obviously, forestry, I'm looking at trees. I wanted to be an artist. I used to draw and paint and do all those things. I don't have time now. <laughs> you know, that's a question I was going to ask you, and I forgot. Uh, is is this what you did for a career? Like, was this always your job? Or does, you know, a lot of people, like, they work somewhere by day and they do bonsai. This was hobby. This was my yeah. hobby. So what did you do as a... I worked like in a, an office. An office? Mm-hmm. Like an administrative assistant or something like that? Or? No, I was... So, uh, after the war, when they, uh, the veterans were all, you know, coming out and they needed homes. Right. I interviewed them for FHA and VA. Oh, okay. Mortgages. And then I'd process the mortgage. And you did that through your bonsai time? No. No, that was Until before. my sister was born. Oh, okay. And then I quit that job and, uh, never worked another. for another <laughs> office again. Nice. <laughs> For TJ, he went into business for himself. Oh, okay. So then I had. So it was a family business. Yeah. So that allowed you to I basically kind of alter your do schedule. Please. Right. <laughs> I'm going collecting today. You got this. <laughs> See you later. To, and then his employees would help me move big trees. When I go to a show, ah. he'd send his crew down, and uh, he'd, he'd say, yeah, "Just do what she wants." 
Just do what, what you You couldn't wants. get away with that these days. <laughs> nah. You'd have workforce laws and all kinds yeah. of stuff. No, and they'd all show up. Okay, what do you want moved? Uh, I said, well, see that tree? That tree? <laughs> and what what he did, I'm, I know glass, yeah. glass cutting? Mira and Mira. glass. Okay. I remember business. that from the yeah. piece of wood my first time coming here. Uh, yeah, I always, I, you know, because a lot of people... I can't remember what Ed did, but, you know, like Mike Rogers, who worked for the telephone company. Oh, he's an engineer. Mm -hmm. I know he drives very nice cars, so he did something good. (laughs) In fact, he's manager of all the engineers in a business. Oh, okay. So he's top engineer. And see, that's another one of those things Mm -hmm. that plays into the bonsai because he's used to mentally constructing things. Yeah. And, you know, he draws and paints and everything. Mm -hmm. And what was so funny... uh, he told me one time, he says, you know, when uh, I'd go to the, we'd put on shows like at uh, the Tropical Racetrack. Mm-hmm. We'd have a bonsai show there. And he says, you remember when I'd always volunteer to help you? I says, yeah. I said, you always did. He says, well, it wasn't for helping. He said, I was picking your brain back then. Nice. <laughs> so would you say, would you say it's fair to say that Ed learned quite a bit from you? Well, he may say that. I mean, obviously, that would uh, that would make you have to be like, of I course you did, you know. But <laughs> no, from each other. Yeah, right. yeah, we learned from each other, and uh, I, so it wasn't competitive like it is now. No, then you care. were intentionally uh-huh. trying to help each other each make other. this better, mm-hmm. which is completely opposite of now. Mm-hmm. Now it's competing. Now it's competing, 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 competing. Okay. That's, you've got it. <laughs> That's what and, it is. You know, but, you know, like, it's almost kind of like the moral of your story. You know, if someone wanted to take away something is bonsai was its best in Florida when all you guys were looking out for one another for uh-huh. the art. Mm-hmm. And then it started fracturing over the years when it became about me. Yeah. Me, me, me. You know, and that's... Yeah. Uh, and know, I won this, and I won that. If there's anything yeah. I learned in high school, it was my teacher saying, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Uh-huh. Improve it the art. Right. Period. What could Just it be? Just improve the art. It's, yeah. You know, there's, there's something... And this, you know, that's like such a broad point of why I want to write this thing. It's like, you know... The only time that people are going to hear this is if they came here and sat with you mm-hmm. or sat with someone else. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if they meet you, it's like I introduced you to Alex and Jesse. I brought them here. Yeah. You know, when I introduced Jesse to or Alex to you the first time at the convention, he was so nervous. He's like, <laughs> can you introduce me to Mary? I'm like, just walk up to her, man. Right. But then again, I remember when I would see you at Kawa, I was too scared to talk to you the first year. I literally, because I was like, I don't know what to say. You know, like, because I, you know, when you're you're coming off, I know. You worry, like, I don't want to waste your time, you know, because they're, they've got all these important things they're doing, and who am I, you know, so. That's always the fear you have when you're like, you know, it's kind of like you were saying you were nervous to get up and speak. Like, uh-huh. well, now because of the way the internet and personas are like, it's intimidating just to be like, hey, yeah, my name is David. <laughs> you know, it's- we never had that problem. We always went so high and then it stopped. <laughs> yeah. What did, uh, you know, what did your siblings and parents, uh, were they still around when you started doing bonsai? Uh, yeah. What did they think about it? Grandpa was. Yeah, actually, he was when we uh, first started. I was only six years old when Grandpa died. Well, 
We were in the house on uh, 98th Street. Yeah, the Coral's house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we I... weren't doing bonsai. No, we I guess not when my the dad. The next door. My mom wasn't at all interested in it. No. She and my... hated it because they were Japanese. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. They killed a lot of right. modern boys. Oh, Mama was. Uh... She showed her ass every time Ben Oki or John Naka came. Really? I could have killed her, but they understood she was a little off. Right, right. Well, the generation. A lot of, of you know, because I can <laughs> I can tell you like in forestry, like I I have some of the old propaganda things of from mm-hmm. Forest Service when. Hootie Owl and or Woodsy Owl and Smokey started. Uh-huh. Uh, they used to print the U.S. Forest Service mm-hmm. would print anti-Japanese propaganda. Oh yeah, because they were worried that they would set the forest on fire and destroy their timber. <laughs> What'd your dad think of it? Uh, well, he had been through the war with uh, Germany, you know, right? Uh, in the First World War. Uh, he worked at the defense factory and he built P-38, so he was strictly all true blue American, you know. He he built uh, uh, those fighter planes that had the two, you know, the P-38s. Oh, yeah. They had the the double uh, double. cabin. Uh-huh. That's what they did out there. Uh, But he... He knew when he to keep his mouth shut, where Mama didn't. I was about to say your your mom would have probably loved your decor because <laughs> it's it's a lot of Asian influence. <laughs> It'd be she, rolling over right now. She liked early American. Really? <laughs> That's cool, though. I mean, if if you know to imagine what they thought of it then, and then to see that you know you're the, you become the queen of it. You know, it's like. And, you know, it's funny how that, that works out over time, you know. My sister used to call them old dead sticks. Yeah. My my grandmother first saw one of mine. It was a defoliated bogey. Yeah. And she literally looked at me and said, why you got that dead tree? Yeah. And I was like, it's yeah. not dead. And she's like, not looks dead. dead. <laughs> looks dead. If it looks dead, it is it's, dead. It's gone. <laughs> oh. Ginger. Well, is there... Is you know uh, to wrap it up. I'm sure I'll think of some things yeah, later, but over time, uh, if I think of something you might be interested in, I'll you know try yeah, to just, remember it. You know, if there's kind of like a you know, I, this is something I'm going to ask everybody, and mm-hmm. I don't want everybody to think it's an age related thing, but mm-hmm. if there's something that you would want to be remembered by in bonsai, as far as like you know, well, it doesn't have to be necessarily a contribution or something like that, but a uh, point of advice or just something that, and you know, just, we all know oh, you love it. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Oh, I would say. To the kid that's 17 or 16 and wants to do this for a living, like, what do you, what do you tell them? Well, work on uh, native trees. Yeah. No matter where you are. Go out and walk in the woods. Learn, you learn know. your environment. <laughs> no, that's right. That's don't good. gossip. Do your own thing. Right. Have your own mind. Even if it's not traditionally what the book says. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's, you know, it's, it's like art, you know, kind of art in general. It's, uh, you know, you either make what comes out naturally mm-hmm. or you, you conform to what you think people will like. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of bonsai right now, people are just trying very to hard to conform That's because right. 
they got to eat. Mm -hmm. So they're doing it from a survival, you know, this is what I got to do. But in that, they don't last, Mm -mm. you know, because then it's it's a business, not an art form at that point. Yeah.